It is my distinct pleasure to introduce to you for the 20,000th time ACB President Kim Charlson. Yes, for the last time, because I'm going to turn the evening festivities over to these two guys that I um, selected to emcee this evening's activities. So I'm really excited about this banquet because we have a fantastic speaker performer. It's going to be on later and you'll hear more about her. We have a great head table that David's going to tell you about. He's been practicing for weeks, so he could say our names right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, those of you who were in Las Vegas in 2014 may remember that these two guys were the MCs of that banquet as well. So David says, well, we drug you into office, we're going to run you out, okay? So that's the, that's the theme, I think. <laughs> so so uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you the MCs for this evening's festivities, David Trott and Brian First Dude Charlson. All right, it's all yours. <laughs> so David, yeah. Let's do it as a conversation. Uh So, David, I understand you've been working hard, David, to try to get all these names to pronounce right. Is that right? Yeah, but uh, you got to understand, you people don't understand real English. Is that what you call it? Well, that's what we call it down in Alabama. Now, when I came up to Boston, you people couldn't talk right. I didn't, you know, uh, couldn't really understand y'all, but I enjoyed it. You brought, you gave me a nor'easter. I... Recently, David and Rhonda came to visit Kim and I in Massachusetts. This was in March a year ago. And David arrived with his only pair of shoes in March in Boston as those nice airy ones that you can feel the wind flow through. Everybody wears Crocs. Everybody wears Crocs, he says. Yeah, sure. So um, just, just to remind him where he was, we had a nor'easter, which caused him not to get out on his regular flight. And uh, we caught him out in the front yard making snow angels. I had to do something when I went out to smoke. <laughs> yeah, he had to do something out there, right. And he ended up uh, making snow angels that looked like they had a little horn. So I'm not sure he pulled it off. So we're pleased to be the MCs this evening. I have to say that I, even though this program has been in my hands for days now, I didn't look at tonight's program until a few minutes ago. And that's when I found that First Dude was my title in the program. And I, I'm going to save that. I'm going to, I'm going to frame that page. It's going somewhere. Don't worry. We're going to kick you out with Kim. That's right. Immediate past dude? No, I don't think so. (laughs) So I'm going to ask David Trott to introduce the head table to you, and we'll move on with the festivities. David, take it away. All right. We got a great head table tonight. By the way, you know, we got a little thing called the Braille Form Raffle going on tonight. So if you need to buy a ticket, you know, it's a good opportunity. 
because uh, I need you to get those Braille raffle tickets bought because uh, you're going to hear some great entertainment tonight. And guess what? You're going to get the opportunity to own some music by the entertainment tonight. So not only that, I think I've got a bracelet or two. You know, we, we're going to do some business here tonight. This is a business banquet. So now starting at the head table, to my far right, we have the new first lady, Miss Leslie Spoon. And her husband, Dan, now our new president, Dan Spoon. Thank you, Dan. All right, next, hey, hey, next hey, to hey, her. David, she, David. Yes. That's not their left. It's your left. Do You're they do correct. It different in Alabama. Uh, yeah, it's different in Alabama. <laughs> All right, folks. It's my left. It can be your left. Okay. All right. Miss Janet Dickelman, our convention coordinator. <laughs> By the way, Brian, don't interrupt me again. Um, I'm not going to tell you nothing about this lady other than her name is Miss Jenny Owens, and you'll hear about her later. And I don't know why you'd get a politically incorrect speaker up here, but the one we're kicking out tonight, President Kim Charlson. And, of course, my partner in crime, the first dude, Brian Charlson. Okay, now, if you want to get technical, this is going to be to my far right. The president of the New York Council of the Blind, uh, Miss Laurie Sharp. Sharp, I mean. And I'm missing one here. What happened to your bald headed cohort? Oh, I should have known he's at the bar. He, he has to drink to be up front. Um, but, but it's Mr. Michael Godino. You know, years ago, I used to think Paul Edwards was funny. Then I met this guy named, uh, what's your name, boy? Uh, Mark Rocker. Oh, Mark Rocker. And I thought he was funny. But then I knew that really neither one of them was that funny because I met me and Brian, so. <laughs> and then next to him, his, uh, his uh, protege for the evening, our executive director, give it up for Eric Bridges. And I got to take a minute with this next one. I tell you, I do a lot for ACB, but I couldn't do what I do. And the lady that keeps me in line, that's my calendar, my reminder, my kick in the butt, my loving wife, and your tour coordinator, Rhonda Trot. And last but not least is yours truly, uh, little David Charlson. So, ladies and gentlemen, I thought I would take this brief moment to tell you about that candy bar on your table. This is a unique, unique candy bar. It is co-branded by our friends at Google and the American Council of the Blind. So, you have to think twice before eating it. Keep it as a souvenir for a short period of time, but don't let it go to waste. Testing one, twelve, three. 
I'm sure that voice is making it to the back of the hall. In fact, I have to tell you that the microphones at the head table throughout this week's convention was almost impossible to understand what was going on while you were up there because the speakers were in front of the table and you couldn't tell anything. Here, we can hear ourselves real good. Did I say that like an Alabaman? Real good. So I want you to enjoy your meal and we'll be back shortly. Thank you very much. Okay, folks, you know, it's my first sales pitch of the night. We, we've got some great help here. Um, you know, I told you, I told you about uh, our Minneapolis office. And, of course, they're on duty again tonight. They, these guys work really hard for us. So, Miss Nancy Becker and Miss Nicole. They, They're, they're going to come around the room, so if you need your last minute Braille Forum raffle tickets, and by the way, these that they sell will say sold by David Trott, whether they need to or not, but just thought I'd let Alan know that. But uh, this, this, you know, is going to be your last opportunity. Uh, $5,000, $1,000, $500, and uh, it's going to happen for somebody or some organization, you know, even Lua, with Brian President, got to win one time, so it, it, it is what it is. So y'all buy long and strong. Oh, and we will take credit cards, so if you're feeling a little, if you're feeling a little light in the wallet, it's only, it's toward the end of the week. Uh, my buddy Mark down here says, charge it. So let's do it. Thank you. Since... Yeah, I know there's raffles. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and we're going to do that. But I wanted to um, tell you that David alerted me early on as we got up here that the podium, podium is right here. Hello. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is not your average podium. When I was uh, younger, I did some training of a gentleman whose job was to help people who were being laid off from his big corporate entity get used to the idea of looking for work again. And I was over at his place teaching him how to use computers, and he said, Brian, have you ever thought of becoming a minister? He says, I think you'd be pretty good at a pulpit. So I'm up here at this pulpit right now. But this is the most new age looking pulpit you can imagine. It is entirely made up of plexiglass. So when Mr. Trot threatened to come up here with his usual garb of a pair of shorts, 
but nobody would see him. He was sorely disappointed. And I'm saying this now about this podium because anybody who comes up here to speak has got to have the right to know that they're being seen from toes to nose and beyond. Keep your hands visible at all times. And by the way, don't get in an arm's length of Kim because she will check, gentlemen, if you've got shorts on. Hello. I love it that our family, our ACB family, has such a good time at meals. Um, it kind of sounds like my family when they get together for a big holiday meal. Um, there's always the guy and the, always the person who sits down last has to get up first for everybody else. Uh, because it's so tight, but not so tight here that tonight, do you think? Pretty well spread out, but that's not stopping the fact that in a blindness universe, people start talking at a normal volume, and then pretty soon they talk a little louder, and pretty soon you're talking to the guy across the way there, and everybody has to talk a little louder to be heard over the other guy who's talking a little louder. You know the drill. You know the drill. So I would like to introduce the two Debbies we've come to know as the co-chairs of the ACB 2019 Awards Committee. I don't know which Debbie is going to speak first, so I'm just going to step back and let the Debbies do their thing. <laughs> Remember, it's a glass podium. Oh, okay. They can see everything. <laughs> Where am I? Okay. This is Deb Trevino, and uh, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to which why which one of us went first, because I have an excellent co-chair, and so um, we've enjoyed this very much. And this presentation is one I'm really excited about. Louder? Okay. Lord have mercy. Okay. Now I don't want to blast you out of your chairs. So this award is one that I'm really excited about. The lady who's going to receive it does indeed follow in footsteps which have been well-worn and much appreciated by all of us. Um, this is the Marjorie Beeman Award. And um, the recipient is someone that I met long about 2008, I guess. And... Uh, She's tireless. I've seen her work from a wheelchair because she hurt her foot. I've seen her work after surgery. I've seen her work when she should have been home, you know, getting some rest because she'd gone through a lot. I've seen her, you know, work after serious dental work. You name it. Nothing stops her. And so it's my pleasure to uh, present this award tonight to Patty Cox. Y'all are almost as excited as I am for her to get that, aren't you? Mm -hmm. You should be on these committees. Okay, so what do I do? Thank you very much. 
Um, I want to say thank you to um, Deb. Uh, I didn't expect this. And all I got to say is I do what I do because I just want to do it. Thank you. And the award reads, the Margarine G. Beeman Volunteer Award presented to Patty Cox in recognition of her many years of service to the members of the American Council of the Blind, July 11th, 2019, Rochester, New York. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Debbie number two of Deb Squared. <laughs> Um, I'm here to present the James R. Olson, um, hold on one second, uh, Distinguished Service Award for Advancing Opportunities for the Blind and Visually Impaired Community. Um, I did not meet this person yet, so I am going to pronounce his name the way Jaws does, and I hope I say it right. Um, our recipient tonight is Kazro Caesar Edisadi, PhD. Dr. Edisadi is the founder and the president of Tech for All. Um, a TFA is a highly respected consulting international, con- yeah, international consulting company in accessibility and universal design of information and communication technology for all in the areas of making services, websites, kiosks, and mobile apps accessible. Dr. Edisadi's company's name, Tech for All, um, defines his philosophy and his mission. Over the past 20 years, Dr. Edisadi has worked on accessibility issues. More than 300 organizations have sought his expertise. Um, TFA offers training, planning, um, evaluations, remediation, implementation, and... Oh, and implementation. Um, Dr. Edisadi works... um, Hold on. Dr. Edisadi's work covers three time spans. He has been working from 1997 to the present. From 1997 to 2001, uh, he was working at uh, Pitney Bowes, and he was um, in 98 working with the American Foundation of the Blind, AFB also with um, Access World. 
he has, from 2001, he was, um, he left Pitney Bowes to start his own company um, in the in accessibility field. Um, this is when he has made more than the 300 access projects. Um, hold on one second, sorry. Dr. Edisadi was elected, um, elected and served on the board of the U.S. government in creating accessibility standards for the 508 of Rehabilitation Act of 1998. Dr. Asadi has written more than 60 articles. Uh, July of 2000, he was honored by Vice President Al Gore during the celebration ceremony of the 10th anniversary of the ADA. And I didn't know very much about all the stuff that he did, so. <laughs> um, Dr. Edisadi's humanitarian commitment to assist the blind community is fully integrated into society is admirable. At this time, I would like to present Dr. Ed, Dr. Kazro Caesar Edisadi. Thank you. It's an honor uh, to receive this award. For over 20 years, many, many people supported me, including my colleague, Mr. Rick Bose, that's, uh, who is with me this, tonight. This award belonged to them, all the people that supported me. Thanks to ACB leadership uh, and, member, uh, and members uh, who selected me, I'm grateful for the opportunities to contribute to blind community. Making technology and products accessible for blind users is a long journey. We have a long way to go. I intend to be with you all the way. Thank you. And the plaque reads, the James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award presented to Dr. Kazro Caesar Edisadi for his 20 years of service making websites, kiosks, and mobile apps accessible to the blind community. July 11, 2019, Rochester, New York. All right, anybody in the room like door prizes? Uh, remember, you got to be in the room, and once your name is called one time, it will be the last time because this is our last event. Hello, ACB. And hello to my parents and my family listening on ACB radio right now. 
We've got some door prizes for you. Let's see what we have uh, first. Okay. So, so we have seven bottles of wine and we have seven pieces of jewelry. So what do we want first? Oh, actually, they're all going together. So you're getting a bottle of wine and a bag of jewelry. The best of both worlds. Okay. That is a lot to carry home. All right. So Phyllis is drawing the names. Okay, excuse me. And here we go. All right. The first is Barbara Brown, Jacksonville, Florida. Yay. Okay. Give me another. I'm just going to call them all out first. Try to be quick. The second is Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois. Yay! Yay! Okay. I hope you like jewelry, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> It'll go nice with your eyes. <laughs> the next, Bruce Cherneski, Newark, Delaware. Oh, great. Okay. This is going great. Yeah. The next we have is Linda Adams, Decatur, Georgia. Oh, great. It's so nice that everyone's here. Yes, thank you. I'm used to this. <laughs> and then Samuel Joel, Arlington, Virginia. Oh. Yep. Okay, good. Now, how many do we have? So we have five, we have, six. Uh, two more. That's five. Okay. Oh, that's a blank piece of paper. That's no one's getting that one. <laughs> that's the write-in vote. <laughs> okay. Next, we have Anne Brash, Lagrange, Illinois. Hooray! Okay. Good day to be from Okay, then we have Brandon Messer, Alexandria, Kentucky. Oh, great, you're all here. <laughs> oh, Brandon, I'm sorry, I missaid your name. <laughs> now we have a couple of other. Okay, we have some. We have some other stuff. We are going to get that now. Are we doing some more? No. Oh, we're gonna do the. Oh, we're gonna do the rest later. So we'll see you guys soon. Now, did, did they explain to you that there's what they call the Charleston corking fee? Seven bottles of wine, seven corking fees. Again, thank you to all those entities, individuals, affiliates who donated door prizes for this year's convention. You know, it takes all, takes all of us working together to put something like this and make it entertaining from beginning to end. And I'm going to try to break that tradition right now. <clears throat> you know, being first dude means that uh, I get to hear a lot of things about Kim, directly and indirectly. And since uh, she's no longer president, I can get away with talking about her. So, you remember David was talking about how... Um, Kim knew who was wearing shorts and who wasn't wearing shorts at the board meetings because uh, she patted him on the knee, found a little more skin than she was expecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the only time Kim patted somebody's knee. When we had our convention in Iowa many years ago, Kim was then the BANA chair, and she was going to report on BANA activities. So she was up at the head table area waiting her turn, and uh, Jim Olson, our former treasurer and CFO, for whom the award is named, 
was sitting to her left. I was sitting to her right because I was officer of the day. And at one point, the minister showed up, so I popped out of my chair and went over to introduce myself to the minister and uh, didn't tell Kim I had left. So no sooner did I get the minister seated than Senator Tom Harkin arrived, father of the ADA. And I had run out of chairs at the head table, so I simply escorted him over to my chair and had him sit down. But once again... I didn't tell Kim. And she was busy chatting up Jim Olson. And when she finished, finished talking to him, she reached over, gave my knee a squeeze, and turned <laughs> toward me and said, so how are things going? And Tom Harkin said, getting better all the time. Now, that's quite the nice story, right? Okay, not everybody got to molest a U.S. senator. Usually it's the other way around, you know? Um, but a number of years later, in Tom Harkin's last year in the Senate, I was invited to come speak before a select committee on all the things we needed in in-flight entertainment access. So I show up, I speak on behalf of the American Council of Blind, the uh, movie industry spoke in favor of it, the airline industry said, huh? Um, what are you talking about? Yes, we're talking about accessibility. And when it was over, he came down from uh, his dais area uh, to take pictures with people. So I came up and got my picture taken with him and I said, hi, I don't think, I met you once before, but you may not remember me, but you might remember my wife. Do you remember that woman who squeezed your thigh thinking you were me? She goes, he goes, yeah, is she here? So when Kim likes to make a connection, it lasts. Kim has met a number of very famous people during her time leading the American Council of the Blind. Um, sometimes accidentally. You know, Kim's had a number of guide dogs from Rye to Jubilee to Odette to Dolly and this year here with Idabel. And it was Odette that was on a flight with Kim one time. Actually, the flight hadn't begun yet. She was being boarded, you know, walking through first class and taking that little jog till you get back in the peanut section and just keep going, right? That moment. Well, her dog Odette stopped on a dime and wouldn't move forward. And Kim realized that she was sniffing the knee of the passenger who's unlucky enough to sit in that first class seat that you have to jog around. And she says... She says, Odette, stop that. And Alex Trebek said, no, I like dogs. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, if it's not Kim checking out knees, it's her dog, you know? It's just the way it goes. 
Now, it might be hard to believe, but there are times when Kim is at a loss for words. Doesn't happen very often. But we were invited to a rally at Fanel Hall in Boston, put on by the folks who were working on trying to get universal health care. You remember that, where you didn't have to take out a loan to, to buy a prescription back in those days? So, so we were there, and we, we were kind of latecomers to the whole activity when we were invited. So we're standing there waiting for us to be given our, our lovely sign to hold up as part of the rally. And they said, wait a minute, come, why don't you come over here? Stand right here, we'll be right with you. So we're standing right there, still no signs. Then they say, no, we need you to move over here by this door. So we moved over here and stood by that door. And they said, we really don't need anybody else holding signs. Could you just step inside the door here for a moment? So in the door we got and we thought, I think they decided that blind people weren't good enough to hold up signs. Then they came in and they said, "Uh, follow me. So we followed whoever that me person was into Fanel Hall where we were seated in the front row for a rally whose speakers included Ted Kennedy and then First Lady Hillary Clinton. So when they're done pontificating and telling us how great universal health care will be someday, uh, they then have the front row stand up in kind of a receiving line. And so Ted Kennedy comes by and shake his hand and Kim shook his hand. But then Hillary Clinton came by, I shook her hand because uh, I was first in the line, and, and I said, I'd like to introduce you to my wife, Kim Charlson. Kim reached out, shook her hand, and said, <gasps> it was total vapor lock. She had no idea what she was going to say to this famous first lady. Um, she did eventually recover uh, and did say nice things about Hillary and, and uh, what she had been working on for universal health care. But again, out of all the years we've been together, and on the 21st of this month, we are celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary. But out of all those years, that was the only time I've really seen Kim speechless. So apparently it takes a first lady to do it. So, Leslie Spoon, you're now the first lady of ACB. You're in charge of... uh, curtailing Kim's speech. Okay? I don't think that will happen. (laughs) So, on the program, we have all kinds of events, and the next one I'd like to try to do are raffles. So, are there any entities in the room tonight who are going to announce their raffle winners? Says raffles and other things on the agenda. Let me guess, this is going to be the first year nobody's going to bring up an affiliate raffle. No affiliate raffles. This is amazing. They all threw them all already. Because I'm standing behind a a glass dais here, you can probably see me blushing to my toes. We will be doing the Braille Forum raffle after 
our performance this evening. So are you ready for some real entertainment? None of this Mutt and Jeff, David and Brian business. We are going to be entertained and informed this evening by a true artist, both at keyboards and with vocals. She was the 2000 New Artist Award winning winner by the American Gospel Music I think it's Association. I might have it wrong. That's not a small accomplishment in and of itself. She has two decades of music experience on stage and in the recording studio. Albums. What, what, we had this discussion in our household. What a, what a long play piece. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's like a single but long, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so quite a bit of recording behind her. And she's multifaceted. Not only is she uh, a performing artist, she is also an author. She has been to such places to perform as uh, Sundance. She is about to take a little trip. You know, little trips for one person is different than a little trip for somebody else. In her case, a little trip is, oh, just down to South Africa. Just to spend a little time down in Cape Town and in the areas around Cape Town, um, which we used to call... Um, well, in the days of apartheid, oh, we'll just leave it at that. So she's going to go down and do some work down there. And I hope she's going to get a chance to do a little touring as well. Once she's settled, I've got to get the high sign and shut up. Still settling. She's settled? No, I'm ready. Oh, she's ready. I am so, so ready. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you Jenny Owens. Well, hello, ACB. It is so wonderful to be with you guys. Have y'all had a fun week or what? Well, um, so as you've heard, I'm Ginny. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a speaker, and a humor enthusiast for many years now. Uh, I actually came to my first ACB convention two years ago in Nevada. Is that where it was? Somewhere out there, Nevada? Um, I came uh, with some friends of mine from uh, Triumph Technologies at the time, Earl and Kelly, uh, to work their booth because I thought it would be really fun to, to work uh, at the convention. And it was. I got to meet a lot of you then. Um, and actually, one of my very first singing gigs was at the Mississippi Council for the Blind when I was nine. And I sang songs from the musical Annie. And I was, bless my heart, yes. And I was so terrified that I almost threw up like 10 times. So, uh, but yes, I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi. I moved to Nashville for college. And I lived there for a long time, and last year I decided it was time to move to New York City. So, yeah, anybody been to New York before? 
Woo, 10 of you. Cool. Yes. Um, I love it. I love getting to walk everywhere. Um, you know, you always get to meet really unique people there. And my personal goal every day is to see how many people I can get to actually tell me their live stories. Um, and it happens a lot on the subway, in the Uber, walking across the street. So I decided last year that I would go back to school and get my master's because writing papers is super fun, except not at all. Um, so yeah, thank you for today because I get to go home tomorrow and go to class. So you have successfully allowed me to escape my studies for one day. So I was born with blindness that was hereditary, uh, but I had limited vision until I was about three. And I had a surgery, a cryotherapy treatment that took away the little vision that I did have left. And just like many of you guys, I have found that life is one big adventure after another since that time. So I want to share tonight with you some of those adventures, if that's all right. And I want to begin our time by asking you a question. Did you know that you have superpowers? So have you ever thought about this? I was at a dinner with some friends one night, and one of them just randomly said, why don't we go around the table and share what our superpowers are? Well, until that moment, I thought only imaginary superheroes got to have superpowers, like Superman and Batman and Iron Man and all the mans, and Wonder Woman, bless her heart, she's out there by herself. So, you know, they're the ones that break through the walls, they're the ones that fly, they rescue people at the last second, and they wear capes. And we do not wear capes. But as we talked at the table that night, I realized that we all have superpowers. That is, we all have some unique ability that is really special and useful and helpful in the world. So that night, my friend Molly was saying that her superpower was diffusing awkward moments. She said the more awkward a moment was, the happier she was. Um, I had another friend who said his superpower was making people laugh. And my superpower, which I bet some of you share, is being able to roll with whatever situation you find yourself in. Can anyone relate to that? Yes. Cool. I thought so. So if you're still not convinced that you actually have some superpowers, let me tell you about a few of your superpowers that you may not actually know you have. So with the help of a few websites like academictips.org, I've got a few fun, fun superpowers of yours. Did you know that it takes your brain about one ten thousandth of a second to respond to something and generate an action? That's not a lot. And did you know that your body produces enough heat in 30 minutes to boil a half gallon of water? And... A matchbox-sized piece of your bone is as strong as steel and could support 18,000 pounds. And your nose can recognize and remember over 50,000 unique scents. And you sneeze at the speed of 100 miles per hour. <laughs> and you have an estimated 60,000 miles of blood vessels in your body, which is enough to wrap around the equator roughly 2.5 times. And in your lifetime, you will very likely create enough energy just in your heart 
to drive a truck to the moon and back. And, we're, and there's more. When you're awake, your brain generates enough electricity to light a light bulb. So, in case you weren't convinced, now you know for sure that you have many super, superpowers. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I know. Aren't those fun? Um, so, there are probably, because there's always skeptics somewhere... There are probably still some skeptics in the room that are saying, okay, that's really great, but what is your point? And as a creative, sometimes I do ramble from my point, but I promise there is one. Here is why I think we should talk about superpowers. One of the greatest myths that I think we believe, blind or sighted, but especially as blind and visually impaired folks, is that we are somehow less. Powerless, Helpless, hopeless, and in some cases, we we might feel useless. Many of us don't feel super at all. We are just trying to survive, right? And for some of us, it's so great to be here together. But when we go home from ACB, we go out in the world, and we interact with other people, even family, and we have a hard time fighting those feelings of being less. And because this is a real struggle... I believe we have to move our minds from thinking that we are less to seeing that we have opportunities to impact the space that we live in. And those opportunities are actually endless. So going from thinking less to realizing our opportunities are actually endless. So um, I want you to think for just a second about what your unique superpowers might be. Maybe it's that you have a great listening ear and you know what kind of day somebody's having. Maybe it's that you have a photographic memory. And if you do, I'm really jealous. Maybe it's really easy for you to be really generous. Or maybe you're the best chef you know. In which case, we should be friends because I like good cooking. Now, even if you don't know your unique superpowers, I want to talk to you tonight uh, and sing to you a little bit about three superpowers that I think we can all learn to have that I think will make our lives and our own gifts even more powerful. And those three superpowers are listening carefully, trying courageously, and serving fearlessly. So tonight, I'm going to do a little storytelling about what I've learned with these superpowers and and talk about, even though they're they're a little bit tough, I want to talk about why why they're important to develop. So let's begin with the superpower of listening carefully. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is probably a room of careful listeners, right? It's probably a superpower most of us already have. We listen all day, every day, right? To traffic directions so that we cross the street at the right time, to podcasts and books because that's fun, to our phones and text messages for you know, Uber Eats notifications and all that stuff, and to our friends and family. And I think one of the keys to listening well is learning what not to listen to, because sometimes there are some voices around us that express some doubt. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but I have you ever overheard people talking about you when you're right there? Yeah. I went into the nail salon a couple of weeks ago, and... 
there was a lady in there, and as I, I was leaving, I just heard her say, that poor girl, I don't know why she tries to go anywhere. And I know, so I just have three words for people like that. Bless your heart. So um, I'm from the South, and that's what we say. But, but really, it's because I kind of feel sorry for her. So all that to say, these voices are voices that I cannot take seriously. I have to know in listening carefully what voices to listen well to. So I thought it would be good to start with a song about how listening carefully to the right voices, the voices of love and truth, can change the way that we see everything. So here's a little song about it. Well, sometimes I've noticed that 
Even louder are the voices, even louder than the voices of the blessed, their hard people, are the voices that are in our own heads. Do you ever hear voices in your own head? No? Okay, some of you are honest enough to admit it. I feel like the voices of fear and doubt a lot of times are just from me. And um, I have really had to learn how to conquer those voices in my journey of music. Um, I've had to learn a lot about who to listen to and what to listen to and what not to listen to. Because I fell in love with music when I was a really little kid. Anyone like music? Yeah. So we had a piano, an old broken down out of tune piano that our church was getting rid of and my parents said no no we'll take it so the old grumpy piano came to live in our house when i was two and i quickly figured out that you could play all your favorite songs on the piano with just one note so you could play like uh mary had a little lamb little lamb little lamb abcdefg twinkle twinkle little star they all worked it was super great and um i think my mom got sick of hearing that note So she sent me off to piano lessons where I had to learn minuet in G and many songs like that. And I remember being so bored. Anyone take piano lessons? Yeah, a few of you. Man, I remember it was so hard. I was so bored. And yet I took them for 16 years. Um, So what happened was I would sit down to practice my piano And instead of practicing my minuet in G, like I should have been, I would end up writing a song. And I had my own kind of melodies in my mind. And so um, I actually thank piano lessons for giving me the opportunity to learn to songwrite. And uh, when I was seven, I wrote probably my, my first song that I remember writing when I was supposed to be practicing. And I thought it was just the best song that I could possibly ever write. And I wrote it one night after bath time. And I'll tell you how it went if you don't tell anybody. It went like this. Don't forget the water. Don't forget the soap. Don't forget the bathtub or you'll have to give up hope. And I know. My mom was like, hmm, well, that's great. Um, I, I really thought it was a masterpiece, but I was the only one. So... After that, I spent a good deal of time writing for my ears only. Uh, and there was, there's, you know, some things that happened out of that. For the next uh, probably 10 years, I would sit and play my own songs when everyone else was gone uh, somewhere else. And so I would write songs about my friends, you know, or God, or boys, or school, or boys, or boys. And... There came to be this point in middle school when all the songs were just about boys. And so I remember when I was like 13 or 14, I wrote this one song that um, sort of encapsulated all my feelings about boys. And every week I would sit at the piano and sing it about a different boy. And uh, it went like this. You were there, oh baby, when the times got tough. You were there, oh baby, when the road got rough, baby, you were there, baby, when no one seemed to care, oh baby, when my life came crashing down, baby, you brought me back around, baby, 
Enough bad songs, right? Well, there were actually some good things that I was listening to growing up. I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, and so I learned that if a song had, if it had any merit at all, if it was good at all, it first had to have soul. So uh, I remember my friends taught me uh, this song that I went, Sitting in the morning sun, I'll be sitting when the evening comes. Watching the ships roll in, then I watch them roll away again. You know, I'll be sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so you guys know that song, huh? It's a fun one. Well, not long after I learned songs like that, I moved to Nashville. And there was a different kind of soul going on in Nashville. I like to call it the singer-songwriter soul because it kind of meant you just put your whole soul into the song. You said all the words. You had all the feelings. And even if they didn't make sense, you sang them to the world. So, like, do you guys remember that song? If I could fall into the sky, do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I could just see you tonight. So what, what does that song even mean? Like, what does it mean? I don't know. Um, but soon enough, there was a soulful singer-songwriter who came along. And he made words, put them together, and I actually understood what he was talking about. Um, And he has this song. Me and all my friends, we're all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing and there's no way we ever could. Now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. It feels like we might have a need to rise above and beat it. So we keep on waiting. So we keep on waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change, waiting on the world to change. Anybody know that song? Yeah, cool. Well, these days, because um, because I teach songwriting a lot and you know do concerts, people say, okay, what songwriter do you, what singer and songwriter do you just have to hear the day that it comes out? Because you just can't help yourself because you just want to know what song they're going to put out. So. Anybody curious? All right. I stay up too late. Got nothing in my brain. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. I go on too many dates. But I can't make them stay. At least that's what people say. What people say, mm-hmm. but I keep cruising. Can't stop, won't stop grooving. It's like I got this music, and my mind's saying it's gonna be alright. I mean, do you guys know this song? 
Well, then you should sing it. Cause the play is gonna play, 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 play. And the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. But I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. And shake it off, and shake it off. Shake it up. So, friends, what I kind of have found at the every turn of the road in music is that there are voices suggesting the best way to go. Voices saying, oh, this is the kind of music you should listen to. This is the kind of music you should play. Um, So, what I have found... Um, even in my own head, the loudest voices after every new song I write is, what if I never write a good song again? And I know that these voices are offering me nothing helpful. I have to trust the truth that music is a gift. But of course, this isn't only true for music, right? Because listening and trusting the right voices changes everything. When we listen to good voices in our lives, when that becomes one of our superpowers, whether we succeed or fail, which we will fail from time to time, it does not matter because we know what is true about us when we're listening to the right voices. And guess what? I have a song about it. The world is wide. You can't crawl under it. You can't climb over it. Trust me, I've tried. And the water is deep. Better fight the current now. Or you'll be carried out by the tide. So when you wash up on the shore Wondering what this journey's for Spread your wings in the sun Don't give up, there's more to come And you will find, you may try You always fall before you fly Yeah is cheap works the currency sweats the equity take that to the bank it's up to you to make some mystery out of this history so fill in the blank when you're broken overspent wondering where your fortune went spread your wings If you'll take one step at a time, spread your wings in the sun. Don't give up, there's more to come. You'll find when you try, you always fall before you fly. Yeah, you will find when you try, you always fall before you fly. Well, okay, so 
I think in line with the idea of knowing that we're going to fail, that we got to fall before we fly, um, another superpower that I think is worth having is the ability to keep trying, to know you're going to have to have some moments of failing, but to never give up hope. And I like to say this, we do not always get to choose our circumstances, right? We don't. But we do get to choose the story that our life tells. And we get to choose to live a story of hope or not. And this is way harder than it sounds. Would anybody agree with that? Yes. People say, uh, people, I don't know, those people that tell me, oh, just go be positive. They are so annoying. Um, Because life is not always positive. There are days when we've just had enough of all the humans and all the circumstances that make life tedious and frustrating. Does anyone ever feel that? Can I get an amen? Yes. So I have found this to be particularly true at the airport. I, yes. So the airport, I hang out a lot at the airport, like not for fun, but because I have to get places. And so like the first thing that happens, maybe I can get some amens on this. You walk in and the ticketing agent talks very loudly and slowly because I'm going to be able to see them better with that loud and slow talking. Yes, anyone have that happen? And then the sky cap says, you need a wheelchair. And I say, no, I don't need a wheelchair. You need a wheelchair. No, I'm good. I will carry you. And so then you fight. So I'm like, how do I find hope in this super annoying place that I spend so much time? And I decided, well, I have to write a song for the airport man. So here's how it goes. Dear airport man. I am aware that I am blind So you don't have to shout Cause I can hear you just fine And thanks for the cart But I don't need a ride Unless you're gonna let me take the wheel And then I thought of some more people that are annoying that I needed to write about Not people in this room though All the servers in this room are awesome But Dear server, at every restaurant, you don't have to ask my friend what I want. I can speak for myself. Ah, I think you guys are, you know this, you understand. I can speak for myself. Friend, what do I want? It all looks so good to me. If you could see what I see, we all stumble in the dark and we all bump into things. We all long to be free. Yeah, we're all broken together beautifully. So I'm warning you now. Then it won't be weird. This is a verse for the sighted people. If I run into you when I leave here, just be yourself. There's nothing to fear. Except my supersonic ears can hear your thoughts. If you could see what I see, we all stumble in the dark and we all bump into things. We all long to be free 
together beautifully And the brokenness, it runs deep and wide And left on our own, we'd all run and hide That's why we need each other Been to things we all long to be free. Oh, we're all broken together beautifully. Oh, we're all broken together beautifully. So I want to preach for just one sec, friends. One reason that I think trying courageously and not giving up is such a key superpower we have to have is that it's because others are always watching. Guess what? Whether you're blind or sighted, people are literally reading your story all day, every day. Isn't that super not comforting? Well, because I love to hear people's stories, you know, I always sort of if, if my Lyft and Uber drivers are friendly, I will ask them all the time what they're like. And I hear so many stories of people overcoming odds. So um, recently I was in a uh, Lyft with a guy from Yemen and he told me his story, how he'd come out of the country to find a better life and to support his family that was back home in, in a country of total disarray. And so I told him that I did music for a living and he told me that his dad was a famous songwriter in Yemen. And I actually stayed in the car after my ride was over to listen to some of his dad's his dad's songs on YouTube. And of course, I did not understand any of the lyrics, uh, but I had a great day because this guy was wonderful and he had a wonderful story. And guess what? You can have that impact on someone's day as well especially on hard days, what I find a lot in New York is people are looking for hope. And if you cross their path, they'll look at you to see if you have hope to offer them. Not because you're blind, but because you're there, right? So as, yes, yes. Um, So as you try and you try and you fight not to give up, which is super hard at times, see yourself as a person of influence and you will be a person of influence. So, if people, see, if people see that you are trying, I promise they're going to be motivated. Um, because, remember, you do not get to choose your circumstances, but you do get to choose everything about the story that your life is telling. And I think that telling a great story is about taking care of each other, about serving others with whatever you got. There's a quote that I love uh, by, a guy, by a guy named C.S. Lewis that says, Humility is not about thinking less of yourself but about thinking of yourself less. And yeah, and that's so good. And some of my favorite superheroes are people that you have never heard of because they think of themselves less. Um, I watch them serve so much. I have a friend, Corey, and she spends all day, every day working with refugees from Syria and Iraq and all these places. And, you know, she teaches them like how to use light bulbs and find food and mattresses. A lot of them came from refugee camps. They don't know what a mattress is. Um, I have another friend, Noelle, who volunteers a lot of her nights 
working at the homeless shelter. She just stays up all night. And so there are all kinds of people that are doing great things. And I think we can do that anyway. You know, in New York, one thing I find is the most super awkward thing I can do, but maybe the best thing is to smile at people and say, have a great day. Because they're like busy and stressed. And wow, it's just so worrisome for them. And I'm like, maybe a smile will make their day better. So bigger and small, there are all kinds of simple ways that we can take care of each other. And um, because of that, I want to invite up the choir, the ACB choir of loveliness that is going to come sing with me on these next songs. Will you guys give it up for the choir as they come up? Yes. We are going to sing a couple of songs together about standing together and what that means. And uh, so we'll just see when everyone gets up here. just can't believe that Alice, Alex Trebek said what his own name was. Like, who does that? It's so great. It's my favorite story ever. Here they come. Man, you guys smell great. <laughs> it does. It does beat the alternative. Oh, that's so good. You look fabulous and you smell great too. All right, guys, give it up for the lovely choir who's made their way up here. The peeps. All right. Um, so we're going to sing a song first called Stand With Me. And if you, if you hear the words and you like them and you want to sing along with us, you just come on and sing along with us.
what do you think? You guys want to hear one more song for the choir, and then I'll just do a few more remarks? Woo! All right. This is a song about letting our voices echo. So uh, here we go. guys so much for singing that well okay in conclusion i just want to say honing our superpowers is definitely not easy 
And I want to tell you, instead of being one of those annoying people that says, just be positive, I want to give you a few tips about how to keep going. First of all, remember history. Think about those people in the history of the world or even this you know, century that we're really glad didn't give up, like the founders of ACB or people who wrote the ADA or Lewis Braille and all his peeps who created what we now know as Braille so we can read. Um, the first trainers of guide dogs. Yeah. So find heroes whose paths you admire and follow them. And I think another way to not give up is to be thankful. So I've started this thing um, where I'm, when I'm doing workouts, like especially squats and things that are terrible, I think about things to be thankful for. It kind of makes the time go faster. Um, or at night, I try to write a list of five things from the day to be thankful for. Because joy comes from gratitude And joy, I love this quote, joy is the happiness that does not depend on what happens. Isn't that good? Yeah. So we want to be in that place, right? And we also want to connect with other people. You know, you might have lots and lots of superpowers, but you are not superhuman. You need humans in your life. And last but not least, when you use your superpowers, you don't have to let anyone know. You just do your thing. You walk out your purpose and it will echo all around you. And I love that so much. So I want to play a new song, which is kind of scary. You guys okay if I play a new song? Um, this is a song called Magnified. I, I feel like one of the things we, we don't do well in our culture is listen to each other. And so love is not magnified. Hatred is right now. And so one of the things that we can definitely teach the world to do as people who must listen is what a joy it is to listen, right? And so, all right, so here's what I need people to do. I need some snapping going on. Does anyone like to snap? Okay, we have to snap in rhythm though, so. That's good. Yes. Everything around me is Keep it going. But I can be so colorblind. Caught in my head, I need another perspective from another side. Mindset is shaking. Starting to change right now. Oh, let love be magnified. Open up my eyes. Hope be redefined. I'm gonna reach between the lines. Breathe it into life. Now is the time. Oh, let love be magnified. You can sing this. Magnified. Magnified. Oh, let love be us when I away not a word we say was wasted no we both want love we both know pain mindset is shaking starting to change right now oh let love be magnified 
Of giving out more than you get I'll take a breath Guess what comes next I'll do it again Over and over Till all that is left is Till all that is left is Love Be magnified Open up my eyes Hope you redefine I wanna reach Between the Wasn't she great? I'm going to give you guys an opportunity that I got earlier. I'm going to get to take Jeannie home with me. How would you guys like that? I have her available on CD. I also have her available on a digital copy on a, on a drive. These are well packaged. They're professionally done. She also has uh, T-shirts. And some bracelets that have nice sayings on them. And I'm going to tell you what, I just am blown away with, with what I heard. It was a great evening. And y'all show your love and show your pocketbook. And come up and get your, come up and carry Jeannie home with you like I'm carrying her home with me. Thank you so much, Jeannie. You did a wonderful job. Thank you, Ken. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It is at... Okay, it's going to be on your right at the end of the head table. Not my right this time. I'm not using my southern comfort, you know. (laughs) Kim, thank you so much for on mine and Brian's last chance to uh, be your MCs as president for not giving us some boring speaker and giving us such a wonderful, wonderful entertainer. Let, let me have a minute of personal privilege before you tell, and then do the story, and then I'll do, we'll do the route. Okay, I'm going to take a minute of personal privilege here. Six years ago, we elected our first woman president. That, that's great within itself. 
But look at the accomplishments that she put the group together and brought to ACB. We now hear things like Executive Director Eric Bridges. Uh, we got a wonderful staff of people. We've had a great board of directors that she pulled together as a team and made it work. Now you're hearing names like Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon. You're, you know, you've, you've heard the human wares. We, we love our human wares. We love our freedom scientifics. We love our other stuff. But it's great. Now we have relationships. Uh, when, when Brian and I was on the board years ago, Brian said to me, you know, wouldn't it be great if, if these people would listen to us and come and sit down at the table with us? Little did he know then when he was a board member that one day his wife would be president and those things would come to pass. <laughs> Y'all stand up and join with me in thinking the first lady president of ACB, Kim Charlson. Now, Kim, uh, not Kim, uh, Brian's going to get up here and tell another lie about her. I know some of his stuff couldn't be true, so, but, you know, y'all, y'all humor the boy. He, he's trying. Yeah, I think David's trying to, you know, but it's a little different emphasis on the different syllable or something like that. I want to tell you, um, I was, I'm delighted that this is my 40th ACB convention. Uh, and that, that, I think, is a fair accomplishment. Um, but as I said earlier, I'm more excited about our 40th anniversary as husband and wife. Or as she likes to put it, wife and husband. Okay. <laughs> Be very careful what we say here, okay? I want to tell you about way back in the day when I was attending college at Willamette University, and Kim was attending college at Oregon College of Education, about 50 miles south of Salem, Oregon. And she had an internship at the state legislature, and we were both studying political science. So I decided I would go over and see if I could get her to introduce me around, and maybe I'd give me one of them internships, right? So I went over and, and uh, reintroduced ourselves um, from years prior, and she gave me a very nice tour, and um, said, hmm, says I, says, hmm, I think I feel the need for another tour, <laughs> and it took about four tours before her friend says, you know, he's not going there for political influence, don't you? So one afternoon, uh, I jumped on the bus and went down to visit Kim at OCE. And uh, she finally got up the gumption to sit me down. I mean, she took me by the shoulders and plopped me in a chair, <laughs> sat me down and says, I want to know, what are your intentions? She ain't nothing if she ain't subtle, right? 
Um, and, uh, and it was uh, uh, the beginning of a pretty spectacular life. Uh, ACB has been a part of that life from the very... Tell us how you met. Oh, well. Did you know that I met Kim when she was... Close, close. She was 12 and I was 13. And uh, I went to the Oregon School for the Blind to this summer school thing, because I was a public school brat, right? And she was a school for the blind brat. And uh, she was just, oh, the bee's knees, let me tell you. I know that's an old phrase, but nonetheless. She was uh, the queen bee of the school for kids of her age. Now, because I was not from the School for the Blind, a lot of the girls there didn't know me from Methuselah. And I started hanging around with the older girls. We're talking 16 and 17 year olds, you know? And uh, so when we had the dance, I wasn't dancing with Little girls, I was dancing with hotties, I am telling you. <clears throat> Kim was quite annoyed with this. Quite annoyed. And so the day after the dance, she went over to the older girls and said, you know you're hanging around a 13-year-old little boy. And my love life went right down the crapper, let me tell you. So, so we've been going back and forth, a little competition, you know, and uh, a, a lot of cooperation. It's been my pleasure to um, be first dude. It's a badge I wear with pride, all because of your president and my bride. Thank you very much. All right. And, the president wants to say something. Oh, well, Lord, now, mercy, she ain't got much time yet left. Do we really want, do y'all really want to hear from that old president we're throwing out? All right, I guess, I guess at least two of you do, so we're going to let her come up. Okay, here she is. Thank you. All right. I promise this is the last time, but <laughs> you all have been so great this evening. And thank you again for, for everything, for all the friendships, new and old, for the great collaborations and partnerships. And thank you to my life sister, Vicki, and to my wonderful husband of 40 years. Um, it's been great, and it's going to continue to be great with all of you. Thank you so much. Y'all, they can see y'all through that podium. Yes. <laughs> All right, I know, I know that uh, you guys came here to hear me and Brian, but you really didn't, you know, I, I know that. Actually, I'm still blown away by Jeannie. You know, it, it was just great. So, you know, 
I'm just telling you guys, this, this uh, is a golden opportunity to pick those CDs or the digital copy up. The digital copy, I think, Jeannie, correct me if I'm wrong, it has videos as well. And three albums. So, so you're getting a great opportunity there. And then, of course, like we said, we have the T-shirts and we have the bracelets. Of course, you know, Rhonda, what did she get a bracelet? She didn't ask me if I wanted a bracelet. She just got her one. So I took the digital music. Great. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Um, I started doing this raffle a long, long time ago. Did it by myself. Well, then I turned it over to these boys called the Dans. It took two, it took two of them. And, and they tell me, oh, we beat you. Yeah, well, it took two of you. <laughs> you know, that's all right. We coming back because I've, I've got a buddy of mine here tonight. I, I first met this guy uh, right before he came on the board, and he was a colleague of mine on the board for many years. And uh, we we got to know one another. And he's I'm gonna tell you what he he's almost as good a seller as I am. I always always though you know you can't take somebody's pride away from them, right? So every year I let him sell a couple more tickets than I do. <laughs> But now, bear in, bear in mind, Alan, most of my ticket sales come through, come through the mini mall. So, you know, uh, but, you know, that, that little 70 or 71 you sold, though, uh, the goal next year is 100. Okay. What, what we did, yeah, no pressure, Alan, just 100. And, and if you really want to step up, you know, 125. But uh, I'm going to bring Alan up here in just a minute. He's going to announce the winners. Um, you know, we've debated for years on how to do this thing, but you bought a ticket for a chance to win $5,000. So, as always, for the last few years, the $5,000 drawing will be the first one. And when we get ready to do it, President Kim Charlson will pull it. Uh, when we have the $1,000 drawing, which will be immediately the next one, Miss Jeannie Owens will pull it. I'm going to ask her to pull it. And then when we do the $500 drawing, we're going to come down and ask our new first lady, Miss Leslie Spoon, to pull it. So at this time, I'm going to back off the mic and bring Alan up here. Who And, and y'all, when he comes up, give him a hand because that boy really tries, okay? All right, here he is, folks, Alan Peterson. Thank you, David. It's, it's fun to have a challenge, you know? <laughs> 100 will be a real challenge. I've been, I've been, I've been turning them. All right. Yeah, all right. Turn them off. Turn James Jirak wins the $5,000. And he bought it during reg- when he registered for the convention. And, and, he, and he, he bought the ticket when he registered for the, for the convention. Congratulations, Jim. The $1,000 winner is Lynn Heddle. 
from. And she bought it during her registration, too. And she bought it during her registration. Where is she from again? Okay, the $500 winner is the, uh, the Bay State Council of the Blind, and Brian Charles, Charlson sold a ticket. Yay! <laughs> Great job again. And y'all, give it, up, give it up one more time for my colleague, cohort, Alan Peterson. Thank you so much, buddy. It's good to have you here. And, you know, um, I, I really need to thank one other person or group because they always make me the top seller every year. I'd like to thank Carla and my friends at the Mini Mall. Thank y'all so much. You know, into every sunny day, a little rain must fall. So for some final announcements regarding the convention, at this time, I'm going to present... My close. Oh, wait a minute. They want door prizes for they want you, Janet. What do you think about that? No, you're going to get Janet first. So sorry. All right. Janet's more important than any door prize. Out of her way. There you go. Don't worry. It's a little mic. You've got a big mic. Did you stop it? Hi, everybody. What, what great banquet entertainment. Wow. And I was going to announce the people who were in the chorus, but I know if I do this, I'm going to miss somebody. So please correct me. We had Michael and Allison Smitherman. We had our second place Braille Form Raffle ticket winner, Lynn Heddle. We had Michael Byington, correct? We had Mike Tyndall. And I'm missing one. Judy Jackson. Judy Jackson. Sorry, Judy, I didn't know you were up there. Okay. Um, this was found on the 21st floor. Oh, I think this is. All right, couple of things. You guys ready for Niagara Falls tomorrow? I have been asked to remind you to please wear your name tags. Do they need name tags for everyone at Niagara Falls? So if you don't wear our AC, and they took a picture of our ACB name tags, so they're letting us use those in lieu of their own. So please wear them. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait in a long line to get tags, and nobody wants to do that. I was also asked about food. We will have a box breakfast on the bus. And we will have lunch at Niagara, and we will have dinner on the way home. What? Oh, all right. Well, oh, I'm sorry, Jack and June Link. I'm so sorry. Anyone else? Oops. Sarah LaRose. Okay, I knew. I shouldn't have done this because I knew I'd forget some people and. Honestly, I don't know if I had everybody's name to begin with, so sorry. Um, couple of items that are still 
found that someone lost. We have a one earring. That's mine. That's yours. Okay. We have a ring that was lost in the auction. That's in Nancy Becker's, was on her finger, now it's on her pur- in her purse. We have a, I don't know what you call this. We have a headphone that was found on the 21st floor of the Hyatt. It's like a Bluetooth. You can tell I'm not technological at all. A Bluetooth headphone, which is, oh, it's kind of a cute little thing. So if anyone has lost any of these items, please come see me up at the head table. And I would also like to see someone from ABVI so that we can get the Braille writers back to you. And I believe that's all I have, so I will turn the microphone over to Door Prizes. And again, thanks so much to everyone for being here. And Ginny Owens, you did just a tremendous job. Thank you. Nancy will be collecting LDs in the back of the room. Don't forget to turn them in tonight. Okay, you, uh, you guys that's going to, New- to Niagara tomorrow, I have you a great breakfast. I'm getting up and fixing steak and eggs. Yeah. When, when you get it, it's going to kind of look like yogurt and a muffin, but hey, I'm doing the best I can. Okay, uh, please, please don't forget uh, to be able to carry Jeannie home with you. You have to make the purchase. She said she's not going live. She's too busy. So get up here and get your stuff before you leave. Don't forget it. And don't make me, I tell you again, I ain't got all that for this. Okay, y'all want some door prize? Well, you know, my thinking on these door prizes is called try it a lot. That's all I can tell you. Okay, we are back. I'm going to go find the microphone so I can speak. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. Hello, we're back with door prizes. All right, so we're going to start out. We have a pens- a power pencil case, so it's something you can plug your phone in and charge it. So just in case your flight is delayed tomorrow, you'll have some extra battery. We have two sets. Yeah, and we have two of those. With the stowaway bags. Well, with, with the little stowaway bag that you can put them in. That's cool. Okay. First two names I have, uh, Saja, uh, sorry, Karala, Hadalulu, Hawaii. Oh, Saja from the unit described. Congratulations. The second name, uh, Javier Ramos, Ellenville, New York. Javier Ramos, Ellenville, New York. No? Are you here? No? Not here? Oh. Okay. Um. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California. Oh, she's here. She's here. Pretty sure she's here. Okay. Uh, Next, from the wonderful people of the D.C. Council of the Blind, we have a $25 gift card, which I am reading upside down. Uh, $25 gift card to Outback. There's a mistake. Carol Borsa. Carol Borsa? No? Is Carol Borsa here? No? No. Okay. Okay. How about Karen Spry, Fairfield, Ohio? Yes. And she's right here. Right That's here. perfect. perfect timing. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this one I is going to be two together. We're going to do the okay. CCB Taco Bell. Uh-huh. And, and this is the um, Empire Apple Apple um, 
Okay. All right. So now we have two very fragrant prizes for you. Fra- well, one's a gift. Well, one's a gift. Well, yes, but Taco Bell can be very fragrant. <laughs> so that is from the DC Council. Coming or going. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And we all, and uh, just in case you need to get rid of the Taco Bell fragrance, wherever that's from. Uh, we have an apple candle from the Empire Stage because Big Apple. Yep. And we have Kevin LaRose. Kevin LaRose! Anderson, Indiana. Okay. So I'll put those He's here. here. And now our, our big prize. Yep. And finally. And from us. Just in time for Prime Day from your friends at ACBNY. The host committee. The host committee. $100 Amazon gift card. We're going to mix this one up. Guys. We're going to mix this one up. Phyllis is mixing. Who will win? Who wants a new Echo? We have K.O. Wright, Kanoa, Hawaii. K.O. <laughs> Excellent. I know you're here. Congratulations. I tell you, I couldn't win. Y'all had the hat size in there. Uh, you pull it out. <laughs> next year. I'm going to let my colleague finish up. We, we've had a great, great convention. I would, I would like to extend my personal thanks to the New York Council of the Blind for a great job. I met some of you people for the first time. You're wonderful. Uh, and I also met Mike Ganino. <laughs> he tries to look like me, but he's got a little more hair. And um, don't forget that uh, Miss Jeannie Owens' music and stuff is here, and it is time that y'all cleared it out because she's got to catch a plane somewhere. She don't need to carry this with her. She's a very small lady, and it's going to be rough having to tote the stuff around. So y'all get up here and get you something good before you leave. Folks, I've enjoyed doing this with my colleague Brian Charlson again. Brian's going to come up and say some final words to you, but I want to say... Y'all come back now, you're here, and here's Brian. You know, the fact of the matter is that when I first met David and Rhonda, I was fortunate enough not to know their last name. So my, my wife says, we're going to dinner with the trots. And I don't know about you, but that, that set me back some. Just a little bit, just a little bit. I've been down to the Alabama Council of the Blind Convention twice. The first time I went, um, I was the guest speaker, and I arrived in the middle of the night, and a nice gentleman picked me up in his long car, brought me into town. The only restaurant in town was our Arby's Roast Beef. And uh, I got the scrapings off the fourth pan as a sandwich. Then we went to the convention, and that was fine. I woke up the next morning, went down to the meeting room, and in the meeting room, it was a pretty full meeting room. And we had a nice agenda going on there. Everybody's talking. Then they say, okay, it's noon. We'll see you all at the banquet. At the banquet, says I. What at the banquet? Well, it appears that in Alabama, if the convention coincides with the Alabama-Auburn game, 
the agendas might different because to avoid blood on the conference room floor, half of them go that way and the other half go the other way until the game's over. And then they meet again for the banquet and continue the convention. That was the first time. The second time I get there, I'm on the program, wake up in the middle of the night, sick, sick, sick. I had developed cellulitis in my left leg. And it got so bad that I was a bit delirious. I know it's hard to tell sometimes when I am and when I'm not, but I was a bit delirious. And Kim, we were scheduled for a very early morning flight. So Kim helps me get down to the lobby, sits me in a chair, and takes her guide dog out. Now those of you who are guide dog users know that occasionally you find yourself on the wrong side of a locked door much after you had a chance to do anything about it. Now this was at 4.30 in the morning. So knocking on that door was not doing her any good at all. So she called me on my cell phone and on my cell phone I answered, huh? Because I was delirious. It was Kim calling. I said, Kim's not here right now. And she said, no, 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 it's me. It is Kim. Well, where are you? I'm outside. Well, why don't you come inside? And he says, well, the door's locked. Well, which door? I don't know. So ask somebody for help. And I'm sitting there. I can't stand up. So I'm in the lobby going, help. And a guy came over, and I'm sure he stood a, a greater distance from me than would be normal, and asked me if he could help. And I said, yeah, my wife's outside. And he said, and I thought this was clever, he said, why don't you tell her to come in? And I said, I thought the same thing, but apparently she's locked on the outside of a locked door. And I said... She, he says, hmm, which door? And I said, you know, I asked her that question too. And she doesn't know what door. So he says, hold for a minute. He goes out to the front desk and looks at the security cameras and finds this lady and her German shepherd dog at a door and uh, goes and fetches her. And we did make the flight. I went to the airport in a wheelchair, got home in a wheelchair, they hooked me up with IVs and cured that leg of mine. But again, thank you to my friends from Alabama, from all the states that Kim and I have had the opportunity to visit during her time as president of ACB and before. And hopefully you'll let the Charlesons come and visit our family throughout the country in the years to come. Goodbye everybody, travel safe. I said, by God, my son, I think we still got it. Yeah, we